Hey, negotiators, you're listening to How the Fuck Do I Podcast with Marta and Ben. This is how we're going into this episode. I, here's Marta. the thing. At the time, I was I was like, this is a great idea. Yeah, and now no, I'm it's like, not. Oh, this is not a great idea, I'm but having, here we are. I'm having memories of when I worked with my husband. Yeah. Well, I knew I knew that this episode would happen. I just I wasn't expecting it to happen this quickly. Same. But like but here's the thing. He has great advice. He is super knowledgeable. No, this is going to be very beneficial. I'm going to call it right now. We're going to get in some sort of marital spat. All in the name of love, it's going to happen. So We're not, just going to lean into it. Yeah, not only is the topic about negotiation and talking about, you know, how to get the best possible offer that you can, but this will also be how, the, how do you get out of messy situations with your wife? How do you really just let things go? Yep, and yep. how how do you how do you record things with your spouse? We'll get into it a little bit more, but it's all about happy wife, happy life. That's it just is. what it is. You're Martha. damn straight. You, it is. You, yeah. You're damn straight. Um, um, we're so still in Oakland. We're still in Oakland. We're at my dining room still. The momentum continues. Like as we're recording, I'm getting feedback and messages from friends about our podcast and how well it's doing, and Aww. how you know my mom said to me, she just texted me. Literally, she said, "I'm so proud of you." Oh, yeah, I am like this is this is my day's complete. That just gives you all the warm fuzzy. It really does. It just makes me feel like okay, I would, we need to continue. Mama Farbs improves. Yeah, everyone, thank you for your support. Again, we don't know what we're doing. We are. It, no this idea. Is, this is for us to learn and be inspired of how we can accomplish things as people, but also we're learning how to make a podcast yeah. in the making. So we appreciate your support. We appreciate your constructive feedback, and we appreciate you telling us what you like, what you didn't like, what you want more of, and yep. rating us. Yep. Rate so, us on iTunes so we can get better visibility on the platform. Email us, how the bleep do I podcast at gmail.com. Comment on our Instagram, how the fuck do I podcast? Give us feedback. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you want to learn. Yeah. And what we can learn too in the process. Absolutely. So with that said, we have a awesome guest today that I am very excited to introduce. This guest, uh, Tony, is a Southern California native. He is a graduate of the Chico State University, where he met his wonderful wife and my co-host, Marta Riggins. Go Wildcats. <clears throat> he, okay, so he is a uh, music industry vet. Tony has over 20 years of experience, which is absolutely insane. He has held a number of different jobs. He transitioned into tech uh, from marketing where he worked at Ustream, the live streaming platform, uh, where he partnered with artists, building new programs and getting into the tech side of things. Uh, that's where he made a transition from marketing into becoming a recruiter. Um, and that's where he joined Pandora, where all of us worked. Um, and now has led him to a, a, a similar job in recruiting at the live streaming platform Twitch. Um, so super excited to talk to Tony about negotiating and how to get your best offer. Welcome, Tony, to the show. How are you feeling today? What's going on? I know you're Thanks, excited. Thanks, guys. Me. That's a mouthful, Ben. What do you think, <laughs> dude? I practiced it. Um, it was awesome. Thank you. Um, I will also say, and he because he won't say it, Tony pretty much built <clears throat> the entire music industry department at Pandora. He's also a master negotiator. This guy will negotiate stuff in his sleep. He loves to negotiate 
anywhere he possibly can. He loves a good deal. It is only natural that he became a recruiter. I feel like I've been a recruiter my whole career, but I just started calling myself one five years ago. Working in the entertainment business, recruiting pretty much doesn't exist. You're pretty much there hiring the people in your network and and whatnot. And so when that opportunity came, I kind of jumped on it because I love people and love negotiation. But my whole career has been around marketing and sales and advertising. And so for me, it was it just totally makes sense as that next chapter. And I think as a lot of people are kind of negotiating their way into other jobs, they should always think about that because there's so many things you can do in this world. Yeah. You don't have to just label yourself as one thing. 100%. Can you talk about like that transition? So you yeah. went from Ustream to Pandora, but can you talk about your transition there and, yeah. and how that happened? So um, about the time I started to work at Interscope, prior to that, I was with kind of the last stage of Geffen Records. When I went into Interscope, we were growing at a really fast rate. The business was starting to change and <clears throat> we needed a lot of folks strategically across different departments. And so I rose my hand, started working with HR and had this amazing mentor on the corporate side that was like pulling me aside going, why aren't you in recruiting? <laughs> and I remember this, it was 2006 and I was finally getting my big break. I'd been an executive assistant for years and I was finally going to go into the new media department, which nowadays is called digital marketing. Yeah. Um, but um, back then, I was advising on our internship program and helping to place people. And I actually had someone come in and interview with me without a resume, and they were quite embarrassed about it. I vividly remember this. I was sitting there giving them advice about their career and what they wanted to do, and they looked me in the eyes and was just like, you should be a recruiter. And I was like, okay. Was that when the light bulb went off? That's when the light bulb went off in 2000, 2007. And I still wanted to work in marketing. I put a bookmark in it, but I told myself from that point, if I continue to get that advice, I'd have to do something about it. And every job after that, I would still just get involved in hiring and do everything I, I could to, to recruit as a marketer. Tony's also just like always been a connector. He was always getting our, our friends jobs. He was always connecting like, oh, you're really passionate about that. You know, so-and-so does that and actually is hiring people. Um, he's also just like one of the biggest hustlers and negotiators I've ever met. Probably part of the, the draw to him. Like he was always negotiating things and like haggling. Like it's kind of in his blood. So he has. Where do you think, think you got that from? Like where do you think that negotiation um, tactic grew? I was brought up by a single mom. Ultimately, until I was around 13 and my mom remarried. And so, you know, my upbringing taught me that you have to fight for everything you have. And I had a lot of people in my life that I think were ultimately trying to protect me and make sure that, you know, I didn't take too many large risks. And so at a young age, I knew in order to make money, I'd, I'd have to hustle a little bit. So my first job was mowing lawns. And I would literally take the lawnmower onto people's lawns and mow their lawns without them asking and go, hey. I just mowed your lawn. And I literally had eight or nine neighbors back to back. You know, the first month was free. I created a business at like age 10 or 11 and the rest is history. I used to do things like that. I used to knock on people's doors and ask them to pull their garbage cans in and out for a quarter apiece. And then other people would see me doing that and they'd ask me what I was doing. Some people thought I was messing around with other people's garbage cans, but then I turned it into a business. What so, would you say your biggest hustle was? 
my biggest hustle was those lawns. Those lawns. <laughs> I mean, you know, you think about it. Like, you're a kid and you're spending all this time while your friends are on their bikes or their skateboards playing or whatever. And I, I didn't know if I was going to get paid, but I did. To yeah. set the stage of, like, what a great negotiator Tony is, is, like, Tony loves to buy cars. I hate mm. buying a car. I think most people absolutely hate it. Tony's like, you bought a car, I'm coming with you. All of our friends will call him and be like, I'm about to buy a car. He drops everything and we'll be with them all day. Like, who loves negotiating a car? And I you, love it. You should quickly tell the story about buying your first car in Chico. Because I think that just, you don't have to say anything else about your power of all negotiation. Right. That's tees it up pretty well. All right, let's go into a time machine. If you're on your phone, pick up your phone and look up car gurus. Look up this, this auto app and look up the 2000 Honda Prelude, oh, which wow. back in 2003 was my dream car. <laughs> <laughs> this was what we like to call in the car community a poor man's Porsche. And I just graduated college. My buddy knew that I loved this car, and he was walking by a dealership in our college town, and he saw this car, and he was like, oh, my God, this is the car that Tony wants to buy. He took a picture, went inside, asked them for a written offer, called me up and he's like dude i think this car's underpriced and i'm like how much is it and he said they priced it at like fourteen thousand dollars i'm like i'll be there today got on a flight flew up there went there took the letter to them and they're like that car is not for sale and i said yes it is i have it in writing and they said no it's not we underpriced it and i said i know and i'm gonna sit here and continue to talk to you about it it was hilarious because this car salesman ultimately had other clients and people walking in and I just wouldn't leave. And I kept asking them like, what, what can we do to get this car out of here today? I will buy. And I had cash and they weren't interested in cash. That was the first mistake I made because they obviously want the financing upsell and all that. I pretty much sat in this guy's office for 10 hours and I got the car for 14, five. The car was worth 21 or 22,000. You sat in there for 10 hours. Yeah. So you just pretty much I bought the guy lunch. his way down. He's like, listen, I need this guy out of here. <laughs> I, bought, I bought the guy lunch too. I've learned, you know, through food, you can always win people over. Um, so I bought him a sandwich and I ate lunch with him. But yeah. So I think, I, I think that I love that story because it just shows partly how nuts Tony is. Uh, partly, I mean, I'm saying that in the best way. I obviously love this man. But also just, I mean, he's, he's a negotiator through and through and he negotiates with people all day long, right? Yeah. That's a big part of job searching and I think one of the hardest things to do and I'll say this as a woman especially is to negotiate I think as women we're taught like well you be polite at least my generation of women you shouldn't ask for a lot that's that's like stretching what you're worth and actually through Tony's career in recruiting he's helped me negotiate many jobs and has told me like women don't negotiate and they'll just they, like men will negotiate all day long, even if they're not qualified or don't deserve it. So it's been really mm. eye opening to have Tony tell me that and then coach me through and learn all the things that you can negotiate. Um, so I was just like, man, you should come and talk about that. I think Marta and I like obviously we <clears throat> wanted to have Tony on here because he's our good friend. But really to give you guys and ourselves real tips on how to position yourself in the best way if you are a female and don't know how to negotiate or like myself I don't I don't really know either so I think I think it's just anyone who wants to learn how to negotiate it's something you really have to learn and I think my takeaway for women is just like think about the past few jobs or times you have had to negotiate and did you truly negotiate um, that's just been super eye-opening for me yep so with that I want to I want to dive in so so should people always negotiate their job offer 100% yes they should but I'll preface it with this and I want to go back and say like the gender pay gap is a serious thing, but it's something that I think we need to be real with each other. It is 
how we've been brought up. Again, being brought up by a single mom and seeing my mom go from job to job and, and have to pay for my education and have to pay the rent, et cetera. Talking to her, I've learned that, you know, she didn't really have the luxury of negotiating, you know? And so I think it's really important for us to keep in mind, you know, what our worth is, what our value is, but also, um, as a recruiter, I think I have that obligation too, to understand through people's stories and their past. So I'm not taking advantage of them. And so I'm here to help educate people on that. But I would say, yes, you always should negotiate. What's the biggest mistake that people make when they're negotiating? <laughs> That's a really great question. Um, I think the biggest mistake that people make when they negotiate, and sometimes I have it literally live. I'll have a conversation with someone and ask them, um, what they're now you have to ask salary expectations. It's a law that's starting to pass across all of the United States. You, people used to say, Hey, what do you make? You can't do that. Salary expectations, you actually, as the candidate, get the upper hand. But I'll have people say, Oh, I need to make, um, you know, $58,000, but I'm, I'm flexible. Why would you do that? Why would you say, I need to make this, but I'm flexible in the same sentence? You've ultimately just lost credibility. Um, so my advice is do as much research and also talk to your recruiter, the hiring manager, whomever in any job. And this isn't just corporate jobs. This goes anywhere. If you're a babysitter, if you work for the city, it doesn't matter. At any stage, educate yourself to understand the company, what the pay is, what the benefits are. And by doing that, then you can give that answer and you don't have to answer on the spot. I think, you know, it's a very stressful thing to interview. How would you, sorry, how would you yeah. then, if you can't answer on the spot, what's the best way? Like, um, let me get back to you. Like, how do you say that? You can ask. I mean, the thing is, is, you know, as, as a recruiter, I want to know so I can help set expectations. And most people, I think, think that recruiters are there to get people for a deal. But yeah, feel free to ask. If you're not prepared, definitely ask. Can I give you this information later? Well, I think, too, the, the thing that you gave me advice on, which really helped me, one of the things that you told me was, well, when someone says, well, how much do you want to make or how much you know, do you want your offer to be, you come back and you say, well, what are the salary ranges? Like, what is the range of the salary? Mm. Because every position yeah. obviously has a range that they, you can't go over, you know, like, or, or obviously you don't want to give them the low, the low ball, but... Yeah, the range, the range question is a really interesting question because people, you know, they'll go and they'll go online and do all this research and, you know, or they'll go on Glassdoor. And I'm not saying that, you know, anything's misleading. It's just every single company is different in their range. Mm -hmm. There's so many factors. I had one company give me a $50,000 range and I was like... What are you supposed to do? What does that mean? Yeah, you know, you, like... and, and, and as a recruiter, I'll say, yeah, you know, Ask for as much that makes sense. In some articles, I'll say you should be getting a 10% or 20%, but it could be based or, or bump, but it could be based on the years of, exp of experience for that job. So when you're about to give that, ask and make sure that you are the correct match for that role. If you're overqualified, underqualified, that's going to be a factor. If the job that you're applying to is hourly, does it give overtime? Does it give, is it salary? Do, do, are the benefits a part of it? Are the perks a part of it? Is there equity? Is there stock in this company? Are there bonuses? There's all of these factors. So when you ask for a range, make sure you ask, what does that range entail to then give that answer? Are that all, absolutely it does. So all of those different facets, not only your base salary, are those all negotiable as well, would you say? Like if, they're, if they can't go a certain 
range of your salary, could you say, well, I want two more weeks of vacation then? You know, like what, what, what are I feel your... like at any point, some recruiting associations are going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> You've lost your, your uh, official title. There's definitely, definitely things in my new industry where people would frown upon it, but I, I think that's my job. My job is to educate people on, on what you can. And yes, everything's negotiable. Everything. Now, how you answer that question and how you back it up and the timing and the motivation is, is all a part of it. But yes, I think it's the responsibility of the recruiter, the hiring manager and the, the potential candidate to ask all these questions and educate. Because to be honest, at the end of the day, the dirty secret that most recruiters and most people don't know is we want to give you everything we have. However, if we give you everything, and then you don't get a bonus next year or your performance review doesn't work out, you're probably going to be unhappy and you're probably going to leave. Also, if you take a job offer that you are not happy with, you're probably going to leave. So I always try to give people the best offer once so there is no negotiation because if you are stoked about it, happy candidate. I want to go back to the, the perks thing because I think that's something a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. Other like non-monetary salary-based mm-hmm. things you can negotiate. Because um, Tony has some really good stories of yeah. things people have negotiated. So like, I guess what are some things people don't think to negotiate that aren't part of their salary? And then give us an example of like one of the craziest things someone tried to negotiate in their offer. Um, I think people get really ahead of the negotiation and what I always tell people is think about your lifestyle think about what's important to you my lifestyle early on moving from the music industry to tech was I'm gonna wear jeans everywhere I work which sounds really funny right but I literally worked at a company where um, they were gonna change the policy and I remember three months into it I was like I will leave and they're like are you serious I'm like I'm happy with the job but if you don't let me feel comfortable about that then so everything in your life in my opinion should be negotiated Um, so Think about it. Think about like bringing your dogs to work. You know, that's starting to change. Working from home. All of these things. Right when you're asking that question, what's the salary? What's the range? Prior to that, you should be asking, how many times a week can I work from home? Is there a policy? Is it unofficial? What are people doing? Are people commuting far from from the office? And all this information can help you make the decision. The funniest couple negotiations I had was... (laughs) Um, I was consulting, so I just want to preface this. So I won't name the company, but in between gigs, I was consulting for a place where um, they had a policy on bringing animals into the office, but this person wanted to bring a pig. And so (laughs) 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 we ultimately had to write into the deal that they could bring their pig, and it had to be cleared of the building and X, Y, and Z. And if they didn't ask, it wouldn't have been able to happen. And and it it did... It did happen where they bring their pig in. And I will say, yes, <laughs> but I will also say, Evan is dying right I will now. also say, it, you know, because I did a lot of research. Martin knows we stayed at a hotel last year where we saw a pig in the lobby. And apparently you can bring pigs into a lot of places. So na- <laughs> I, I will, I so won't name right if, now pigs. I won't name the companies because the recruiters will definitely start knocking at my door. But yeah, it was something that the candidate actually researched. And I said, Oh, let me look into it. From your perspective, when you were recruiting for that particular company, you saw value in this person enough to give them this leeway of bringing their pig no, into ben, the office. No, 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 no. It's not about that. I think there's a misperception on value. If you're a good candidate, if you're qualified, 
then you should be asking for what makes sense. The difference is, is the business relationship and the professionalism. It's, you know, that old rule of like, if you're going to negotiate hard or go back and forth or after you've signed a letter, go back and ask for more money. Like you still have to work with these people. Yeah. I was going to ask like, what pisses off? I mean, because in negotiation, you can get heated, right? And it sounds like you're, you're saying push, negotiate, but what, like, what's the one thing that truly pisses off a recruiter that you should not do? I want to go back. I never said push. Sorry. I wouldn't Hard say down. push. But. You want, you're, say, you're saying to negotiate. You're saying that you should be negotiating. Don't be afraid to ask for what makes sense for your life. But here's the deal. The minute you lie, that's going to piss me off. And. I think what most people don't realize is in the early stage conversations, yes, we're on the phone. Hey, Ben, how you doing? Now still a good time to chat? Awesome. Let's talk about X, Y, and Z role you just applied for. Why are you interested? Why are you looking? X, Y, and Z, salary expectations. Um, most people don't realize when we're on the phone with you or we're on a video conference, we're really looking. It's the experience, but also behavioral. Is this person going to be a good match? Are they going to bring added value to the team that hasn't existed before? Um, and so think about that because ultimately on the other side, I'm just going great. Awesome. Yellow flag. Ooh, red flag. I was also going to say, cause I hear a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. coming yeah. home, oh, talking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought this was interesting. You were telling me that a lot of people now won't take a phone screen in a quiet place and they're yeah. just, you can tell they're just out on the street and not make, like taking it seriously. And I thought that was a really interesting thing to touch on. Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, over the years, because we're just, we're, and, and I'm from, I'm from LA and Orange County. So, and as an assistant for years, taking calls, oh, you're going through a tunnel? Okay, yes, no problem. I'm probably, <laughs> Ben knows what I mean. I'm, I'm probably like the most, sen- I, 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 you'll never offend me. I can be on pause, I can be hung up five times, whatever. It's the motivation, right? So the other day I took a call with someone who was literally just on a walk. You could tell they didn't prepare at all. And I actually asked him, I said, you know, in this candidate-driven market, you know, how many recruiters have you talked to? I didn't get into the, like, where are you in the stages? Oh, I'm talking to a lot of recruiters. He sounded very, very tired. He just sound, didn't sound like he was interested. So I passed. He actually was a good match. But I was like, well, if that's how he's going to come off and treat this conversation at the beginning, then there's just no mutual respect. And so think about that. When you're talking to people, you know, we're really – spending time with each other. I think to your point, it's a, if you want to set yourself up to look in the best possible way is to sit down, get into a quiet room, prepare, show that you've prepared. Like, how are you going to give salary expectations walking down the street while I can hear, you know, all this background noise? And you're almost setting yourself up for failure by doing that too, because everything that I'm telling you, all the information that you could be writing down, actively thinking about in a, in a very quiet place, could have either cost you thousands of dollars or gained you. It's so true. When I was negotiating for a recent job, he wrote on my post that he was like, here's your salary expectations. Here's the minimum. Here's your base. Here are the levers you want to pull. And, he, and then I'd be like, head out the door. He's like, do you have your post-it with you? And, and I would forget it. He'd be like, this is your post-it. Keep it with you at all times. And it was a really great idea because I would get called at random times and I could pop into a quiet space and I could speak um very knowledgeably about what i needed and if it was a- oh so you so so you actually had like written down so he, base kind of what 
expectations you had for yourself so that if someone called you on the fly yes you were prepared even if you were walking down the street well yeah so I, well so i would pull, my, pull myself over to a quiet space of but I, I always had with me um like my talking points and my non-negotiables okay so wait let's quickly go over this then. yes what what were they again? They were the salary the expectation. Salary, so like salary what? expectation, to, like total salary, which included salary and any other things, like if there was a bonus or if there was equity. Okay. Then there was um, other things like things like parking or other benefits that were important to me. Another thing I'm going to say, <laughs> my, my boss is going to hate me for saying this, but like you should ask what computer you're going to use. Heck yeah. Like of, of the course. littlest things that you just don't think about is like. Hold on. Let's break that down. That's a negotiation. Are you kidding me? I'm a Mac user. I've yeah. always been a Mac user. Mm-hmm. If I showed up to work and I knew I was, uh, that would definitely change things. Dude, now, I- some people are definitely going to listen to this podcast and laugh. But I think you always need to keep in mind what your value is, what you're bringing, and also what that means. He, he also had me say, and this is something I mean, um, this is something that I think tech is privileged in having equity. Completely. Not everyone has equity. It was like by leaving X, I'm walking away from this amount of equity on the table to help show like, well, then how else are you going to make up for that loss of equity? Yeah. And, and that's something that I think um, a lot of people don't understand. I, again, I think it's a very privileged thing in tech to have equity and it's monopoly money. You don't know if it's going to go anywhere, right? Yeah, or it's, if it's free money. It's, but you don't know what it's going to be, but it still is part of the conversation. And that's something I've learned a lot from Tony. What I loved, and I hope I'm not going too far ahead, but what I loved about my transition into recruiting was I was working, going into a tech industry that I'd been a part of for about, you know, four years. And then I started hiring people from an industry that I was privy in, and working with people in the tech industry that were like, why are these people in the music industry not negotiating? Why are they, why are we having such a hard time trying to explain to them what equity is and stock is and RSUs and all these other perks? Like, why? And I'm like, because we're taught to never negotiate. We're taught to take what you've been given. And it's actually inappropriate to ask those questions. And so I started to realize that I'm actually not a negotiator. I'm an educator. And what I love is telling people, you know, when you're talking to any, any recruiter, ask these questions. And so for me, it was looking back at the industry that I grew up in and going, you know, as you start to think about other industries or other companies, make sure you're asking these questions because it could mean so much more for and you. And even if you're not in, again, like tech, I think there's... Right, the, any the, industry. Well, the thing too, I, the takeaway is you ask, ask the questions or negotiate whatever matters to your lifestyle. I think that's one of the best takeaways. Like... Even if you're working an hourly job, hey, if you're taking a higher education class or you have a passion project or you go to coding class on the side or a dance class, you could even negotiate, hey, I have to leave early on Wednesdays. How do you feel? That, that's a non-negotiable for me because that's part of my growth and development. That kind of stuff people don't think to ask. Yeah, it's almost like you have to paint like what would your ideal day be like at this job? Yes. The, the new trend in this is personal operating manuals which I think will become more and more of a trend where Personal people, operating manuals, people. <clears throat> I think this, can you get this on Amazon? I, I, think, um, <laughs> I think at the at the end of the day, like that's what we're talking about. We're talking about something that, you know, work. <laughs> we spend, what, 60, some people, 70, 80%. The generation right now that's coming into the workforce will work so much harder than any generation prior. And so if you think about it, you know, you're not just negotiating your your salary your equity all the perks or anything that comes with any job but you're negotiating how much time and happiness and away from your family and friends or other things and some of those things could be a part of the work 
world too. But I, I would say for me, you know, commute's very important. Being able to work from home every now and then is very important. I also get, you know, I need some of those days away from the office in order to crank on my calls or work on offer letters or do research or read industry trades or all these different things. And so think about, you know, that culture. It's so important. Um, I think there's been a lot of really good tips here. A lot. I'd love to know two things you should always do when negotiating. You know, I, I get a lot of people coming to me saying, you know, I've done all this research nowadays, like on Glassdoor or LinkedIn, or I've talked to friends and, you know, I'll say, well, great. Have you understood, you know, what the, the development program could be for this job or the performance or all these other aspects that. And so, you know, as you're looking at your post-it note and all the things you want, make sure you're asking questions. So that's my thing is, you know, don't be afraid. Like, try not to go to first but also understand before you give that answer and know that you don't have to physically do it on the fly. So, you know, so I think to break it down, always ask questions. Always ask questions. That's one piece. That's it. Is um, there a second piece of advice? Sorry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I talk a lot. Um, second piece of advice is, is women and people of color and um, folks that, that feel like they aren't negotiating, just try. Go out there. Go out there and ask for it, for what you want. Because anyone. I think you're anyone, saying a- anyone. Anyone. I, I, but, 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 but I really believe that women and people of color really need to push this as a conversation piece in the workplace right now because that's the problem with the gender pay gap. People are not asking questions and they're not asking for what they, they truly think they well, there's a whole bunch of data on this, and this is a whole other episode we could spend time on that women and people of color are obviously making less so I think it's it's a absolutely good call out, but it's something I know you have you have to just learn the muscle, and mm-hmm. I, I hope that people listening can have these takeaways and really think about when they're going into the next job how they can really ask questions and be informed and, and push. And it's what's the worst someone can say? No, right? Yeah, that's it. Like, don't get afraid. Like, fuck fear. Yeah, I'll tell you the first thing I learned going into recruiting is when someone says no, that's the beginning of a negotiation, and I think people don't realize that. Like, that's truly it. Ask questions after that. No doesn't have to be the final answer. Just keep asking and go, 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 because that'll probably get you to a better understanding. Um, yeah. All right. I mean, I feel like we could spend a lot of time on this topic, <laughs> but, but I want I mean, because it's such a rich topic. It is. Um, but I think we should move into speed round. Let's do you want to start or do I start? Uh, I'll start. What was your favorite artist you got to work with in the music industry? Gwen. 100%. Book or podcast? Podcast. By the way, Tony Riggins has been reading the same book for 10 years. (laughs) Now I look for podcasts that are like books on tape because, I mean, let's be real. Who has time to read? Oh, absolutely. But when when we go on vacation, he brings this one book and I'm like, well, you just finished this goddamn book already? I savor paper books. What is it? What book is it? It's about negotiation. I thought it was the how I thought it was the Bernie Brillstein book. Yeah, but Bernie Brillstein, he's an agent in Hollywood. It's, and it's a book by Bernie Brillstein, <laughs> um, who is amazing, this powerhouse in entertainment, and it's called um, You're No One in Hollywood Until Lost. Someone Wants You Dead. Wants Where Did I Go Right? Yeah. It's a, I read it in like a month. <laughs> anyway. Um, who's a hustler you admire? Chris Voss. If anyone's read the book, Never Split the Difference, um, there's some really amazing tactics and just bullet points and one sheets that this this guy uses. He's like an ex-FBI negotiator. He's a hostage negotiator, He's a right? hostage negotiator. And 
um, he's pretty hot right now, so you should check it out. So hot right now, Chris Voss. So hot. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite thing to negotiate? Um, my favorite is truly going to like vintage flea markets or sales. And what I do is I, um, I put dollars in one pocket, fives in the other, tens in the back, twenties in the other. And I'll go up to people and I'll just put money in their hand and take an item and start walking away with it. Like, look like, yeah, this works. And it works. You've you'd done be, this? You'd be surprised. I challenge everyone listening at some point, you know, it's not going to work in like, you know, big stores, but garage sales, vintage flea markets, things like that. The moment you put cash in someone's hand, I do this at bars. I negotiate at bars. I'll ask for a drink and I'll give the tip first if I that's can. That's a okay, that's a huge thing that I want to call out <laughs> because be I actually talk about this with my friends. <laughs> Why do people give the tip at the end? If you give It's already it, done. What's in the, the beginning, you will be taken care of for the rest of the rest of the night. And I notice that every time you do that, I'm taken care of. So that's the deal. Anything you can do where you can physically put a piece of money into someone's hand first. There Pro you go. tip and pun intended. <laughs> Pro tip. All right, let's keep going. Uh, do you use a headset or a regular phone for negotiating? Headset. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you stand or sit? Oh, he's a pacer. You're a pacer. Uh, yeah, and and I've been I've been aware of it, you know, because I think pacing can make lots of people uncomfortable, and so I constantly change my environments. But yes, I I probably I do the standing desk now, so I stand probably seventy percent of the day. Um, what's the one thing you couldn't negotiate? Oh man, this just happened. So my big goal for the for the year is working out. Um, Martin, all my close friends know it's just such a struggle. I hate working out, so I'm trying. I um. A lot of people don't know that you can actually negotiate your gym membership. Uh, but Equinox, good luck on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I've worked on it for a month now, and I'm getting nowhere. Oh, my. And that's okay. Equinox. All right. I love Equinox. They know those towels and the Kiehl's products. <laughs> Have you ever cried at work? Absolutely. The last time I cried at work was, sadly, when I got let go at Pandora. And it was super sad because my boss was also crying. <laughs> um, but I think we need to really continue to be real with people. Like crying at work, if you're not, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, best piece of advice you've ever received? Just being being honest and being true to your values. I, I, I you know, I'm hitting 40 next year and or this year. This woof, year, I was woof, like, woof. reminder, that's coming. <sighs> and um, as I'm turning 40, I'm realizing that. Um, you know, just really sticking true to your core values and the things you believe in. Um, yeah. What's your favorite age so far? 27. It was the year I got married. Good answer. Great, Great answer. answer. <laughs> Boom. But All it was right. also such a rad time in music, like 2006, Six. 2007, 2000. Oh, yeah. oh, God, guys. Go back into the Spotify guys, playlist. folks. People. Folks, y'all. All the people. Everyone. Uh, inclusivity. <laughs> everybody. Um, but seriously, guys. Everyone, oh. y'all. <laughs> it was an amazing time in music. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Happiness is people. Oh, happiness is people. That's a I new like one. That. That's a, definitely a new one. Awesome. Well, that concludes our amazing episode with your hubby. Oh man, glad it glad it's done. A lot glad of great takeaways. Great takeaways. This though. is gonna be a good one for sure. Tony Riggins is an excellent negotiator and. A great recruiter, if I don't say so myself. I fully agree. But I think that these are really um, helpful pieces of advice and tips that 
you can take with you when you're thinking about negotiating, negotiate non-traditional things, ask questions, be prepared, know your worth, don't be afraid. Be honest. Be honest. Be yeah. honest about your situation, about what you want, go out and get it, and if you're not happy with it, move on. That's Find right. Find something else. That's right. Um, so thank you for being here. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, Everyone. Thanks for letting us record in our dining room. And hey, we actually didn't get into a, that big of a fight. We're good. We're we're not like some crazy like Sid and Nancy or anything. Well, uh, what? <laughs> I mean, we are not. Uh, no, but you not did you did say a hundred percent once. I did say it once. You okay. need to give us a far fact. I have ollied ten stairs before on my skateboard. That was Ooh. the most I ever did. And it was, uh, I thought I was the shit because I did it in front of like a group of skaters and it was, I, it was at, uh, in West Portal, San Francisco. I ollied this 10 stair and it was like very rebellious too. Cause we hopped the fence. It was like, I'm so punk rock skater. Seventh or eighth grade. Was 13. Sounds like the so makings I was of a two, uh, 1999, but I was that able was a at great one time for skating. Great SF. time. Great time, Pier 7, what? Union Square, but I ollied 10 stairs. I'm, that's like my claim to fame for skating. Well, but that's yeah, a good far fact. fact. That's right, a good cool. far fact. Right, I like that you're getting out of the bathroom. I'm trying to get out of the bathroom. I like that we're venturing out. It's nice to hear well-rounded facts about you. Yeah, I'll keep it up. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, thank you for the far fact. Yep, yep. This and was a great episode. Again, Tony, where can people... Uh, where can people connect with you? Uh, Insta, Tony Riggins. It's Tony Riggins in the underscore. There's a couple Tony Riggins out there. Um, but yeah, if you guys need any help or a quick question on negotiation, DM me. I'll hit you right back. What about on LinkedIn? Yeah, hit me on LinkedIn as well. All right. Awesome. Check out Tony on LinkedIn for more great advice, inspiration, and tell us the uh, other episodes or other topics you want to know. All right, y'all, signing off. Peace. Peace.